This is Right Now Word with Pastor Kingsley Osei. We are glad that you have joined us for this great time of preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Enjoy this life-changing experience. I'm so glad you've joined us today. I know it is by divine appointment that the Lord has brought you to this word. This word is going to encourage you. But before we get into this word, I want to read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, for the word of God is living and powerful. In other words, the word of God is not dead. And when it's infused into any situation, it brings that situation alive. And it's powerful, meaning it's effective. Wherever the Lord sends His word, it brings an accomplishment according to the purpose of God. And it continues to read, and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, and joint and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God has a purpose. It is intentional. God sends forth His word with an intentional purpose to bring forth the shaping of your character as well as reaping and activating the power of God in your life. That's my prayer for you as you hear this word that is going to bless you. As God has connected you to this word today, I know the word of God is going to activate the power and the authority of God in your life. Receive the word of God by faith and you are going to be blessed. Enjoy the word today. Rankings and positionings sets a bar that propels you to maximize your ability forward. Ranking is simply a composition of levels within a given setting to identify key roles. The setup of levels gives you the required inspiration to be the best of you. That's why rankings is necessary. It gives you the opportunity to be the best of you. There is a reason why, let me just bring it into uh, some type of uh, current affairs talk. There is a reason why countries that promote hard work, that promote talent and giftings, prosper more than countries that do not. Because when people feel like there is a reward for what they do, it becomes an inspiration. Now, sometimes people will say, well, I don't take money for what I do. I just volunteer. I don't take money for what I do. There is gratification even when you're not taking money for you because you feel you're fulfilling something. So you go home happy. That's why you still do it. So without any incentment of reward and without any, some type of whether abstract or physical reward, there's no motivation to do anything. There's no, even the children that we have, there is a gratification we receive that rises over and above all the trials and tribulations and the predicament that we go through in having children. It, rankings and levels and positioning allows the most devoted to be rewarded for their efforts, input, and for their devotion. It gives society or any living organism the necessary inclination to function according to their best. Rank, rankings also prevents mediocrity. It prevents... People from being mundane and, and being lazy. I, I'm, I'm putting my best foot forward because I'm going to feel fulfilled. I'm going to feel rewarded. So rankings is key. In 1 Kings chapter 19, God told Elijah that God had set up and reserved 7,000 men, men of God, apart from Elijah, for his cause. Not even Elijah himself knew about them or their activity on the earth. These 7,000 prophets were secret kingdom service 
agents that were working for God on this earth without anyone's knowledge. This is why it's comical to sometimes come across people saying that, you know, the government's got something up on the church in this season, in this hour. There's something going on in church. We have to rise up and fight the government and protect. I want you to be very careful. We have our role to play as citizens. We do. We have our role to play as citizens. But don't you ever allow anybody to have you think for one second that the kingdom of God is under any threat. So we operate, talk, speak out of fear that unless we go and we commit some type of action, that the church is going to die. Let me assure you, those who say that have no idea of church history, the church has been through worse things than the world has ever seen. Now, spiritually, there's going to be a lot of deeper activities of the Antichrist. Yes, but don't you ever think for one second that a Pharaoh or a Nebuchadnezzar or a Cyrus or a Herod or a Pilate or a Nero can ever take the church down. The church is the living organism of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't say I'm building businesses. He didn't say I'm building mansions. He didn't say I'm building schools. He said I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Before the devil think about it, God's already been there, done that. The church is not under a threat. The church will never be under a threat. Don't allow the devil to turn your prayer of faith into prayer of fear. Don't for a second think. Look at what's happening in places where they're not allowed to have churches. Have they succeeded? No. People are still worshiping by the thousands. The biggest church in the world is in a country where church services are not allowed. The biggest church in the world is in a country where gathering of the saints are not allowed. Nobody can sit on the church. Nobody can put the church under. He said, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Don't allow anybody to incite you to operate in fear rather than faith. This church is not going anywhere, no matter what. The church of the living God is not going anywhere. If they went through the inquisitions, if they went through the persecution, if they went through the affirmation, if they went through the times of the enlightenment, if they went through the times of the renaissance, the church will stand in this age in post-modernity. There's nothing that anybody can do against the church and prevail. The idea of covert missions RCMP, CIA, FBI was instituted by God. He said, before the devil messed around, before the devil messed around, brought sin into the world, the Lamb of God was already slain. He had already provided a solution before the problem. And then from that standpoint, he began to set up, he began to set up incredible individuals and he gave them divine purpose right on the onset and nobody knew. Let me give you a revelation here. When you read Genesis chapter 5, revealed in Jude, when you read Genesis chapter 5 in the Old Testament, the first book of the Bible, and you read Jude, 
close to the end of the Bible. There is a man that was mentioned in the Bible, and sometimes people just read over it. There was a man called Enoch. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 5 that he lived, he lived 300 years and walked with God for 300 years. Think about that. He walked with God in Genesis before the birth of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel, and all the prophets, and, and all the kings. This man walked with God. My question to you, church, is who introduced him to God? And what did he, what did he do when he was walking with God? And what does it mean that he walked with God? The Bible says he walked with God for so deeply that he didn't die. God took him. And although the Bible tells us that he lived for 300 years, there are only four verses in the entire Bible that explains his 300 years of life. He walked on the earth, and nobody knew who he was. He walked fulfilling God's purpose, setting in place God's purpose, God's mission, and nobody knew. Before a word such as the kingdom of God became popular, before covenants, Abrahamic covenants, Noah covenant became popular. The Bible says Enoch walked with God and he was no more for God took him. My question to you is what was he doing the whole time when he was walking with God? I'm going to give you a scripture. I've, I mentioned this to you in one of my teachings a few weeks ago. Let's put this scripture on the screen quickly. Job chapter 29 verse 4. Job 29 verse 4. I want you to listen to something. Now, as they put, they're putting the scripture, I want everybody to just look up on the platform here. I want to show you something. For those of you who've been through Bible school, for those of you who've been through Bible school, you will be taught in Bible schools that Job was one of the earliest books written. How many of you have been through Bible school have heard that before? Or even just in your own studies. Job was one of the earliest books to be written. Job wasn't written right in the center of the Bible. Job was written in between Genesis, the book of Job, and there were many different reasons why. The fact that he was acting as a priest and the way his wealth were accumulated and, and accounted for and reconciled, all of that proved that Job was one of the earliest books to be written. There was something about Job that even Job's wife didn't know. Can you imagine amongst many other human beings on the earth that the devil will go to God the devil will go to God and begin to single you out and talk about you with God of wanting to bring you down. Just you and nobody else. There was something about Job that his friends didn't know. There was something about Job that his own wife didn't know. That's why his wife asked him, why don't you curse God and die? Job revealed something here. There's so much more, but I want to just reveal this to you for the sake of time. Job revealed something, and he said, in Job chapter 29, verse 4, he says, Since my youth, the secret of the Lord has been in my dwelling. He said, there are things about God that is just between me and God, and nobody knows. The secret of the Lord has been. This is why the devil went to God and picked on Job. The devil knew something, God knew something, and Job knew something that nobody else knew. 
the secret of the Lord. Let me tell you something, church. In this season that we're talking, there are so many different agents of God that are walking amongst us that you have no idea exist. And they are working in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, there's nothing that has taken place on this earth that at least one believer didn't know before it took place. Just because they don't go around bragging. It's called secret for a reason. Job called it a secret for a reason. There are many covert, covert missions that are happening on this earth that nobody knows and see. Let me tell you something. There's nothing. Nobody can pull anything over God's eyes. He's got everything under control. He's got everything secured both in heaven and on this earth here. Sometimes God will set certain individuals in place in your mission field, in your vocation, in your workplaces, and you have no idea who they are. Let me tell you, when Job was on the earth, nobody knew what Job was all about. Now, when I graduated from post-secondary a few years ago, I worked with an aerospace company. And I had an entry-level position as an administrator for um, quality assurance department. And as an entry-level employee, there were many advantages that the senior levels had. There was this man in our workplace, Pastor Reed and I, we've talked about him for quite some time now. He gave me this incredible, exceptional favor. This incredible, exceptional favor. That was beyond my understanding. I will come home and I'll talk about this man. He says, man, this guy is giving me an incredible. He is the main reason why I was able to go to seminary, Bible school. He single-handedly hand me a package, say, do whatever you want. At that point, that's when I knew God was telling me something. The way this man helped me, I have looked for him for many years now. Now it's so easy to look for people, especially if they work anywhere at the corporate level and the board level. I have looked for this man and I have not found him until recently when I started doing this teaching. And I said, God, you planted this man there to weave my way all the way through to where I am today. Let me tell you something. There are certain people you're going to meet that are going to help you divinely that you will not understand. God will strategically set certain people, certain individuals on particular areas to help you. Sometimes they come in in just a simple form. Sometimes it's a man. Sometimes it's a woman. Sometimes it's a, it's, it's a young person. Sometimes it's old. But God strategically set people in different realms of your life to help you. In Matthew chapter 2, we learn of these three individuals that some of your scriptures would say magi or wise men, as tradition has told us. These men were walking on the field. These men were working on the field. They saw a star. They were not the only star readers of their generation, but they saw a star and they knew exactly what this star was meant for and what God was communicating to them. The moment they saw that star, they packed up all their belongings and they left on the journey. And the moment their eyes beheld the young boy, they bowed down to their knees over and at the amazement of Joseph and Mary, brought 
gifts that seem to be divine, that to today it symbolizes the burial, the resurrection, the life, the teaching of Christ. These men started off their journey by simply seeing a star, or at least that's what the Bible chose or the part that the Bible chose to tell us. But they were divine individuals that were walking around with divine assignment in sight. They were God's secret agents are waiting for their appointed time to be exposed to the world concerning why they've been planted. Listen, church, we are not by ourselves. We are not within ourselves. God has set up pillars. God has set up men and women of God that are incredible. And let me tell you something. God can open your eyes for you to see these individuals. Let me assure you, I know, I know that God has not left us by ourselves. He has Enoch. He has Elijah. He has wise men that are walking amongst us. In Isaiah chapter 53, in Isaiah chapter 53, within the prophetic utterance of Jesus' manifestation on this earth, Isaiah chapter 53 talked about the suffering that he was going to go through, but there was a line in Isaiah chapter 53 that simply indicated that he will be buried with the rich at his side. No names given. Nobody knew what that meant. Not knowing that the moment Jesus was born, God preserved, reserved a man by the name of Joseph Arimathea. God blessed him with so much wealth for one cause, to prepare the tomb of Jesus Christ. This was prophesied about. This was prophesied about. Three and a half thousand years, this man was born on this earth ordained of God, receive his riches to finance the burial of Christ. Until that moment, nobody knew who he was. And here he was, the moment Jesus was off the cross, he shows up and the Bible exposes him to us. God was keeping him for this purpose for his entire life. Nobody knows how he made his wealth. Nobody knows anything about him. The moment that climax of his life came, he showed up. Watch this. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus was about to go into Jerusalem. And he needed a ride. So he said to the disciples, I want you to go to this town and you're going to see a man. Jesus knew exactly who he was. You're going to see a man. He's been nurturing a donkey that nobody has ever sat on. And a donkey is tied up by a tree. Go and take that donkey. Watch this. Go and take that donkey. And when anybody or the man comes to you, when the man comes to you to say, where are you taking the donkey? Watch this. Jesus said, simply tell him that the master is in need of it. There was already a relationship established. I wonder how many donkey nurtures of the Lord we have in our generation today. Jesus said, the disciples had no idea who the man was. But he had already been the disciple of Jesus for a long time. That watched the communication and a description. He says, tell him the master is in need. The moment you say the master is in the need of it, he will understand. He will know. 
and he's going to know exactly. Don't be distracted. He's going to know exactly what it is that this is meant for. God has skillfully, supernaturally, intently, divinely established so many people around us for his cause. Don't ever for one second operate in the understanding of Elijah. They've killed all the prophets. All the churches are done. All the churches are dead. We are the only one left. God said, no. No. I have reserved for myself 7,000 prophets that you know nothing of. And they've been strategically been keyed up, positioned in places that are working on my behalf. God is never at the losing end of anything. He said, even if you stop praising me, are you listening to me? He said, even if you stop praising me, the rocks will cry out. If you stop serving me, I can get a donkey to prophesy. Don't ever for one second think when you speak for God, you're doing God a favor. God can do, a God can do anything. He can use anybody. It's just by grace. Paul said, I counted grace. Hallelujah. Oh, far be me that I will not preach the gospel. He said, I count it gracious. The gracious act of God. You sing because of his grace. You preach because of his grace. You are blessed because of his grace. God can use anybody. God can use anything. God has already strategically don't ever think for one second that the church is at the brink of dying. You don't know God. You don't know his authority. He is all powerful God. He is God all by himself. He is the creator of all things. Don't ever think for one second that you walk out of the church and the church is going to die. One thing I've learned in my life in ministry is nobody is indispensable. That's why we walk behind him. We walk with him in humility and saying, God, thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the financial blessing. Thank you for the ability. Thank you for the strength because God does not need us. We need God. It is time for us to change the way we think when it comes to God. It's time for us to really see God for his supreme ability. God is God all by himself. It is by his grace that he's born us into this kingdom where we are partakers of his glory, where we serve him. We serve him. He doesn't serve us. Some of these men gave their life for the kingdom. Elijah said they killed all the prophets. I'm the only one left. Some of them gave their, all of their time. One of my favorite people in scripture is Anna. Again, not Hannah, Anna in the Gospels. Not Hannah in 1 Samuel. People get them confused. Anna is not popular in the Bible because of her ministry. But the Bible identifies her as having one of the most important ministries. She was simply a prayer warrior. Like the way some of you pray for the church and pray for us. Simply a prayer warrior. There's people that dedicate all their time. Samuel lived in the house of God. There were people that dedicated all their money. God, whatever you need, whatever you need. This is a two-part series. Next week, I'm going to show you the characteristics of these secret agents. And I'm going to show you how you can become a partaker of those that God used covertly. Next week. There are certain characteristics about all of them.
there are certain traits about all of them. There are certain stands, positioning, conditioning about all of them. Next week, we're going to dive into how to identify these individuals and why God uses them. There are not celestial beings. There are not celestial beings. As though they have, meaning they, 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 they don't live in this world with angelic body. They're humans. They're humans. Enoch was a real human being. I trust you were blessed by the word of God. Whatever desires you have in your heart, I know that the word of God is going to be the foundation to set you off course concerning the Lord's purpose for you. I want to pray with you today. Whatever it is that you believe in God for, maybe restoration, blessings, you believe in God for a breakthrough, a healing in your body, God is going to touch you right now. In our church, our Victory International Church in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, God's been doing amazing things in every single area of our ministries here under the umbrella of Victory International Church. And I know the same anointing that has been operating in our church is ready to set you free and bring you forth to the purpose and the plans of the Lord. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, the 21st verse, here the apostle Peter, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, was ministering at Solomon's particle. And the Lord began to use him to declare concerning the promises of the Lord for our season and for our generation. In Acts chapter 3, verse 21, the apostle uh, Peter said, Whom heaven must receive until the times of resurrection of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the word began. There is supposed to be an expectation of restoration in this season, in this hour for us, because the spirit of the Lord has been poured upon us. And the spirit of the Lord is the spirit of life. He's the spirit of restoration. He's the spirit of comfort. He is the spirit that searches all things and brings forth our petition before the Lord. And as the spirit of the Lord has been poured upon us in this season, trust the Lord in the name of Jesus and join your faith with me and the power that dwells in the spirit of our living God is going to touch you right now. Maybe you believe in God for salvation for your loved one. Whatever it is that your desire and your request is, let's make your request be made known to the Lord and the Lord will bless you with all of your heart desire. Let's join our faith together and pray. Father, I thank you for this precious person that is within the sound of this telecast. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus for your blessings to be upon them. Those that are believing God, Lord God, for the salvation of their loved one, we pray, Lord God, that you soften the heart of this person in the mighty name of Jesus, of this loved one, that they will receive salvation and know that indeed, Jesus, there is no other name besides your name where salvation cometh. Father, we declare in the mighty name of Jesus. I also pray for financial breakthrough. Those that are believing God, Lord, they're believing on you for a breakthrough financially. Father, I declare, Father, reveal yourself to them according to your favor and your grace and your power and your authority. And those of you who are believing God for healing your body, I declare the power of God to touch you. Receive the healing of God right now in the mighty name of Jesus. May the power of God touch you right now. May the Lord give you a testimony. May the balm of Gilead touch you, receive restoration in your body. Lord, touch every bone, every blood circulation, every vein, every organ, every cell. May the Lord touch you, receive the healing, the power, the manifestation of the glory of God that generates healing in His people. Receive it right now in the mighty name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Were you touched by the word today? Here's an opportunity to help Right Now Word spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. For your love gift of $20, 
you'll receive a copy of Pastor Kingsley Osei's dynamic and life-changing message called Kingship Inheritance. And for your love gift of $50 or more, you'll receive Kingship Inheritance alongside with Pastor Kingsley's book entitled Words of Influence with over 700 powerful and influential quotes. To get these books, please give by texting RNWORD to the number 289-806-3040 or write to Victory International Church, 2799 Barton Street East, Hamilton, Ontario, L8E2J8, Canada. For more information, please call us at 1-888-983-2484. Thank you for watching Right Now Word with Pastor Kingsley Osei. We would like to invite you to join us for worship at Victory International Church, located at 2799 Barton Street East, Hamilton, Ontario. Once again, thank you for watching Right Now Word with Pastor Kingsley Osei.